Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement Podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people, anyone that's out there making it happen. And today we are with a good friend of mine. We've uh, recently become friends to a mastermind. His name is Joey Yak. He's got an incredible story of highs and lows, personal life, business life. He was an artist or a musician who was traveling around with some of the biggest names in his space, and uh, he's faced so many incredible challenges along his journey. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode with Joey Yak. Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement Podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people, anyone that's out there making it happen. And I recently come across an incredible entrepreneur, businessman, a super talent in uh, in the music industry. His name's Joey Yak, and uh, he's got an incredible story. We come across each other in a mastermind. Uh, we're both trying to go and change the world with what we do, and he's got an incredible and inspiring story to tell. He's toured in the music industry. He's lived life with a lot of highs and a lot of success, but also faced many challenges along the journey. So we're going to dive into both sides of his story today. So welcome to the show, Joey. What up, y'all? Hey, I'm Joey Yak. Yak stands for you already know. And if you don't know by the end of this episode, you probably never will. I'm super excited. Energy is all the way up and I'm ready to help people expand in life. Let's do this. Thanks, Joey. And I always like to invite the guest to fill out the story because for me, I just try and put together just a bit of a basic framework at a macro level. So I'd love you to spend some time just to share your story, go where you feel that the audience needs to hear some of the lessons learned and spend a few minutes doing it. So uh, I'll turn it over to you. I can definitely do that. So like, I always like to, to, to start off with what I'm doing now, right? And what I'm doing now I make bangers, which some people think jingles. We don't say jingles. We say bangers, making custom theme songs for business owners to help them get attention. And a lot of people think that I started out just saying, I'll make something for business owners. So I take them back to the backstory like I'm going to do right now, which is when I was nine years old, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, um, in the United States. And right when Nelly started becoming really big. If you guys know who Nelly the rapper is, he's from my town. He was the guy that made our city popping and all that. And we met Ali, which was his right-hand man. And my dad, we seen him at the 4th of July fireworks stand and grabbed him. You know, when I was growing up, I didn't watch cartoons on Saturdays. What I did was get in the car with my dad and battle rap him. Like, that's just how I grew up. That was the life that we were living. So he got Ali in the car, made me rap for him. He looked at me and was like, kid, you are a star. You are an absolute star. I'm 9, 10, 11 years old, right around that age. And I didn't know what that meant. I was just like, okay, I'm just being me, right? So that lit the flame inside of me. And I want everyone to remember this, who I said Ali, because 10 years later, something happened. But Basically, that started the music inside of me. My whole family's kind of musical as far as writing and vocalist and all that. And I started recording. I actually started building like kind of a big name in my city, throwing shows with hundreds of little kids there. The club promoters loved it. But when I was about 13 years old, man, my dad hit the crack pipe and like that changed my life. Like 
it was me, my two sisters, my mom, and my dad said he blinked and 15 years went by because he hit this crack pipe <clears throat> and he was on a journey of just drugs and remarried and had a new family. And like, I'm just now at peace with myself to call his new kids, my brothers and sisters. Just, it was a hard time growing up without that male role model, but music was always my therapy. I was a ball player growing up, went to college to play soccer, um, went overseas to uh, England to play soccer and came back. I was a little shithead growing up, selling weed, doing stupid stuff, got kicked out of my high school, finally graduated and had that no male role model. But long story short, ma'am, when I was in college playing soccer, I still had my music buzz, right? And I said, you know what? I'm going to go all in this year. I'm going to be an all American, blah, blah, blah. Three games into the season, I break my leg. And I was like, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do because the next day I found out I was having my daughter. I'm 18, 19 years old. I'm like, damn, I just, I'm about to have a baby mom. I'm about to have a kid. I'm a boy. I'm about to raise a kid. I don't even know how to raise myself. You know, I was real big with alcohol, real big with kind of pills and stuff like that. I quit that job and said, I'm going all in on music. And here's what I want to say through this whole time, you know, I'm building a buzz. Everybody knew me as that, 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 that soccer player, that rap that was really good. And he was popular and I went full blast. And that same guy that met me at that fireworks stand called a hold of me and heard about me and called me one day when I was working at a uh, car dealership and was like, you know who this is? It's like, hell yeah, it's Ali. He's like, man, I want to sign you. I've been watching you ever since. And that's where I want to pause real quick on the story the lesson that I learned is you never know who is watching ever. I mean, 10 years he was watching me, but also people aren't going to start watching until you give them something to watch. There's a lot of people that say no one wants to watch me because you're not giving them anything to watch, right? You have to make them want to watch you. And that's what I did with him. He signed me. Um, now me, I thought I had the deal as, you know, I thought I, I, I got the deal and I thought I got the job as the manager. Boy, was I wrong. I was young, naive, stubborn. I got the job as the damn janitor, man. And that only lasted for eight months. They let me go. I kind of let myself go. Got new management. Uh, there was a guy, there was a group called Bone Thugs and Harmony. Some will definitely be very uh, aware of who they are. Crazy Bone got a, a hold of me, heard about me, said, come to L.A., went to L.A., uh, showed him four songs, four songs led to 10 hours to him and I in the studio, which led to a nationwide tour, which led to me in Hollywood. And that's where, you know, my mind, I'm like, I'm going to be a superstar. I'm gonna, I'm taking off. And I was so living it on the outside, but I was so miserable on the inside. Like I had no foundation built, no character built. It was, it, it was it was sad, right? Like I had a kid at home, so I was flying first class on a guilt trip because I felt like my dad not being there, not being present, the whole I'm following my dreams. That shit was a cop-out because I didn't have my foundation in, at core. I didn't know who Joey was. Looking in the mirror, this little boy I would see. Alcohol when I wake up, Adderall when I wake up, popping a Xanax to go to sleep or a Vicodin or something like that. Every day, different city, different girl, different on tour buses with my face on them. Broke as fuck. I was so broke. Everybody, you know, people think everyone's, oh, look at them. I've never been that broke in my life. Couldn't even pay child support. Then I heard, I felt something inside of me, which I know was the Holy Spirit now, saying, you need to go back home. I'm from St. Louis, but a little town called Hazelwood. And I heard, you know, you're in Hollywood, but you're Hazelwood, go back home. Hollywood, but you're Hazelwood, go back home. And it, for about 12 to 16 months, I heard that. 
And I finally did it. I left everything behind. I went home. When I went home, I got a few jobs as like labor and, you know, all that stuff. But this is kind of how it transitions into what I'm doing now. You know, within that six month time period of me being home, I got sober. I found faith. I reestablished a relationship with my baby mom, which is now my wife. And now we have are about to be a third little girl. Um, it's just crazy to even think that this is my life and my wife. But within that six months, when I got sober, I found faith. The next month, I heard about a sales opportunity. And I said, okay, let's try it. I heard you can make 216% commission. I said, so if I sell something $500, I can get like 1000 They said, yeah. I said, all right, let's do this. Let's try it. I walked in there and said, hey, never had no sales experience in my life. I've sold myself my whole entire life to Bone Thugs and Harmony and Nelly. And I, I went on nationwide tours. Look, give me an opportunity. I will be the number one sales rep and I will make $100,000 this year. Did it just like that. Became the number one sales rep, made my first 100,000 before chargebacks. The chargebacks whooped my ass. And I, I caught that entrepreneur bug and like it was really a toxic environment at that call center. And one day I made a song called, I'm out here fighting chargebacks. That commission that I made, they want it all back. Uh, they got me, um, they got me dunking. Uh, something about Uncle Sam wanting all that commission back and all that type of stuff. And the whole call center went crazy. They're like, oh my God, that's the shit. And I was like, do I got something? You know, like entrepreneur music, never really did anything with it from that. But my clients would call and cancel. And I was like, no, no, no. Let me make you a video and a little intro, you know, a theme song. And they're like, okay, I'll stay for that. That's how I like would keep people not canceling, right? Then I caught that entrepreneur bug and I quit my job and went on my own. And I made one intro for my buddy, Zach Babcock. And then people started like, hey man, that's cool. When I quit my job though, and this is another lesson, have such an open mind to trying new things. You never know what you don't know and what you think you're supposed to do. I always thought I was supposed to do music. So, but when I quit my job, I thought I was going to run Facebook ads for artists. I didn't think I was going to become this guy that makes bangers for companies, but I was open-minded and was trying different things. And I saw what stuck. And then I made one for Billy Gina's marketing. Then, um, and I gave it to him. I don't ask for permission. I just do the damn thing. Like I will make something, introduce myself, say, I want to make you a song. Actually, I already made the damn thing. Check this out. No permission at all. Give it to him, hand it to him, give it to him for free. My mindset, like it wasn't intentional then, but now I look back, I did like the Velcro route. Like you know, the guy who made Velcro, he didn't say, let me go put it in a million different places. He attacked big, you know, big industries that owned all that, like, you know, airplanes and automobiles. And, you know, he got it to those people and they got it out. So I said, okay, my mind, I'm going to go after these people with huge, huge followings, get it to them for free, or should I even pay them to do it? And they'll get it out to the masses. And it worked, man. I did it for Billy Jean, Tim Grover, which is Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan's uh, personal trainer. And like, that's my guy now. I did it to Bradley, Garrett J. White, Cole Hatter, like all these people over here in the United States that are like, their following's massive. They're multimillionaires. And that literally got me my buzz. And now all I'm doing is putting my melody 
to everyone's message and helping them get attention. So when they get attention, they can increase that revenue. Now I expanded my services. Now we're making like mini movies for companies and a lot of commercials. That's why I was a little late on this call. And that's why I got this damn shirt on because I had to like act in the commercial. Like my, I'm living my purpose right now, you know? And it's, it's such a blessing because, you know, you look back, everything does happen for you and not to you. And I realized that the equation of success is one thing plus one thing plus one thing plus another thing equals the thing. Like life is about expansion. People want to think, how can I live my purpose? It's like, dude, your purpose is always going to expand, right? You have to own where you are. And that's another thing. I don't know, uh, you know, the exact demographic of who's watching, but like when I started, I was in an RV in my backyard and I would own it. Like, what up y'all, I'm Joey Yak. I'm in my RV in my backyard. I live in a two bed, one bath, 800 square foot house and I'm owning where the fuck I am. And guess what? I'm making stuff for millionaires. They don't care that I'm not a millionaire. What they care about is I know who the fuck I am and I have something that I can give to them that actually is gonna benefit them. And I'm willing to go get it. You can feel the hunger, you can feel the ambition, you can feel the drive and you can feel my soul. One thing is, and I know people can feel it now, you don't have to know me personally or you've never met me in person to feel my soul. Shit's real. And when you know who you are and you finally build a foundation and the character of who you truly are on the inside, it shows on the outside, man. So I know I'm rambling now, but fuck, I'm feeling this shit. <laughs> that was incredible. I love your story and um, I can take a few parallels out of it. You know, I've, um, you know, I've had a bit of a journey myself, um, uh, left home when I was 15, um, fired my boss when I was 21, um, built a really good business and then nearly lost everything in the global financial crisis. Um, so, you know, everyone's got their own journey, their own story and they do have to own it. So uh, loved hearing your story. And I want to go back to you know the different path and I did have an experience similar where I was a semi-professional at sport and you know at that age where I was the opportunity to take it to the next level and I had a season-ending injury which changed that pathway as well so um, yeah I want you to go back to just sharing a little bit about being young, opportunity to go and play soccer overseas, um, being a dad at 18 years of age. And, you know, I, I, I say when I st started my first business, hey, I, I, I bought the fitness club. I had zero business skills, but at age 21, probably had zero life skills as well. But whatever I lacked in business and life skills, I made up for dreams, desires, and the will to do whatever it took for success. Being a dad at 18 and, you know, trying to feed yourself as well, uh, that would have been pretty challenging. So do you want to just start there? Oh, it was absolutely, it, I don't even know how, I look back and it's just like, I was just surviving, man. It's like, it was so scary now looking back and it's, it, it, it was really discouraging just because, you know, I was around other people that weren't really like into like their own family and like, you know, I was around people that were kind of from the streets. I really was. And me personally, what I really learned is, you know, and I'm not going Bible thumping on no one, but 1 Corinthians 15, 33, bad company corrupts good character. And like the moment that I started to truly surround myself, not even physically, like virtually mentors, you know, like the Gerards and, you know, the, uh, and my lets and just when I really embrace those type of people and like, said, like, this is my life. Bad company corrupts good character. Not only just the people you're around, but also what you're listening to, the TV you're watching, all that stuff. Like, like back then, I just, 
I thought all this type of stuff that the, the, the self-development and stuff was cheesy and corny and like, ugh. but like, honestly, the stuff that's cheesy and corny is what truly built my confidence and my certainty. So I was just a little kid back then, man. Like, and it was only eight years ago, right? Like I'm only 28 years old. And I feel like that was like 20 years ago. You know, like from, so you can change in just a small matter of time, it compounds, you know, like I truly changed probably only like three to four years ago or about five years ago now is like when I truly made that shift like that in my mind, you know, my perspective truly shifted. I changed my mind and my life truly started to change. I say June 30th, 2016 was the day that I died in rebirth because that's when I stopped taking my last sip of alcohol. I have not drank and since June 30th, 2016. And that was my demon. That's how I self-destructed. That's I was ruining my family, myself, totaling my wife's car, should be dead. I remember waking up with like it being on fire from the wheel falling off. Like I was I was bad, man. Like, and I I I I learned that I was doing that because it was a sense of power of me not feeling and knowing what truly what a man was and how to lead myself. So you know, 18, 19, whatever the age was, it was 19 years old when I had the kid, you know, I can't even think about those thoughts back then, man. Like, just because I'm a totally different person. Like I look at that guy and like, don't even recognize him anymore. It's like, damn, that was me. That's how I was. It just, I'm just a walking freaking living testimony that literally, if you have that drive and you're willing to work on yourself, you can be anything, you can do anything. You know, I was talking, oh, two bed, one bath house. I'm in a four bed, three bath house now. And I just moved here. Like I just, uh, the, the, the story and just the journey is just the beautiful part about all this, man. For real. Absolutely. And just um, on your music journey too, just to put some context to um, people that may not know the people that you were touring with, and um, I've seen some of your videos on their uh, reasonably big audiences. Um, what was that experience like? And yeah, what was your... Best- I won't lie, I miss some of that stuff, man. Like touring with Bone Thugs and Harmony, like, you know, those... And, and it was one thing like us as business owners, like, you know, we know our niche and our demographic. And, you know, I was touring, I was a 21, 22 year old white kid, right? With Bone Thugs and Harmony. So they, you know, the people that were in the stands were 32 to 40 ish, you know, maybe even a little older. And like, I had to, they didn't want to see my ass. It was me. And then it was Bone. So it was like, who the hell is this little white kid up here? I had to throw the fuck down in these big jam packed, you know, thousands of people in there, but the, um, it, 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 it's me though. Like that's one thing that hasn't changed is that person that would throw down on the stage is the same person that could throw down. Now the experience though, man, of it, it's just so much preparation that helped me to be where I am today. That's why I'm able to get in front of these big celebrity entrepreneur people that, you know, we all look up to and all follow and stuff that I can go in the room and look at them and just be like, I'm them. Like I am one of them. It just helped me build my confidence and the certainty that, that honestly, um, you know, when, when crazy bone and when Ali at nine years old looked at me and said, you're a star, like the words are, words are deep and powerful. Like, like I try to say that to my kids all the time. Like you're a star, like, Oh my gosh, you are powerful. Like planting that into their minds. So they know, like, Oh, I am. My dad told me that. And like when I had heard this from other people that were very successful in my mind, right? We all have different, you know, definitions of success, but 
the way I looked up to them and what they've done and accomplished and telling me that I was that same, especially Tim Grover. When Tim Grover looked at me and said, wow, he, he called me out. He called me, he said, Joey, you're walking me to the stage. We're at Bradley's event in Vegas. He said, you're walking me out like a boxer. And I was like, all right, fuck, you know, like did it. Then I started, like, I had a little freestyle that I kept in my back pocket for, you know, always staying ready and like, did it and he has this video he's talking he's like this is someone that has gotten ready for an opportunity that may never come that may never happen rather than the opportunity coming and then he just fucks it up right so th those days man of uh, uh, touring with all those people it was a uh, it was one hell of a ride but it's what i learned is like a lot of those people that we look up to are just as lost as a lot of other people crazy bone looked at me and he said kid we're out here chasing the devil in this music industry and it opened up my mind like I'm not trying to change. I'm not trying to just live to be relevant so I can make money. I'm trying to live fully in my purpose. And I had to take what felt like a hundred steps back at the time to get where I am now. And it's like, thank God I'm doing what I'm doing now at home with my family, being a father, being a loyal husband, like a loving father and a loyal husband. And I'm still making money, making music. Like, <laughs> Oh, it's just a blessing, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you talked about the journey as well, because it is a journey of highs and lows and you've experienced highs and lows. So it is people need to be patient. That's the thing that I see in today's world. Um, people want to go from zero to hero without actually doing the work and you've done the work. Um, would you? That's so real. Yeah, you would agree with that, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, and even I've had those moments, right? Like, uh, before we hit record on the call, you said something about, um, you know, at the end of the call, how you asked that, those type of questions and like instantly what came to my mind, it just came back to my mind. I had a song called middle of a breakthrough. And like, you know, when, when I want to go through those moments, like, like I, I want to be there. I just know that I'm in the middle of the biggest breakthrough of my life. Literally, if I'm not dead, I'm not done. Like I truly believe in that type of stuff. Like I just have to weaponize myself every single day and I'm going to get there because if there's 10 people that says it's raining outside, it has to be at least sprinkling and drizzling. And my results have shown me that it's at least fucking drizzling and raining. So I just got to keep doing the work. I get it for some people that, that feel like they can't do nothing and they just want to shoot there. It's like small wins, you know, one, like, you know, 10 subliminal moves will equal that one big power move, you know, that's how you go from zero to hero is all them small wins. But you know, that, that shit ain't sexy. You know, small isn't sexy. Small is sexy to me. Now there's times like I'm getting my shed that I went from an RV to a shed that I called the BB backyard business. I would make what up y'all. I'm in the BB backyard business. People are like, I love your shed. You don't even have a freaking ceiling on the roof. I'm like, I like it gritty, right? Like this is where I am. I'm getting it shipped here to put it in my backyard just because it's like my Hall of Fame thing. Like, I started there. That's where I built this guy that everyone is seeing. And it's just, man, small is sexy. Small is sexy. That's where you grow from, man. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. So I'm going to move on to two things you said. Well, I want you to define a banger. Um, if you've got one just in your back pocket to throw out, it'd be good for the audience to hear. But you mentioned something in your story that I um, want to draw a little bit upon because I built my podcast very similar to the same way that you've built your, uh, your reputation. You know, you went to the Billy Jeans of the world and you got through the, the gatekeeper 
deeper and you know you've got that proximity I would call it to the right people that can share your message to the world and I've been fortunate enough to have you know, some incredible entrepreneurs and business people on my show. And because so many great people like Gerard and Dr. John Demartini and, um, you know, many, many entrepreneurs that are worldly known, I've been able to build my profile as a podcaster, as an entrepreneur and as a business person in very similar sort of ways. So first of all, explain bangers, what they are. Um, if you've got one, do one. Um, but I'd like you to, yeah, just re visit that getting through the door of a Billie Jean. Yeah. So <clears throat> a banger is a custom theme song that I create either about someone's life, you know? Uh, so for an example, Cole Hatter, he's somebody out there in California, real big in real estate, but he has this event that he throws in Vegas called thrive. So when I heard about him, the event was thrive, make money matter. And like his story was about the reason why he made thrive, like, it was about him and his buddy getting in a car accident. Somebody died. Like I literally took his message and cre put my melody to it. So, you know, you ever heard a song that you're like, oh my God, they wrote that about me. Well, this is where it like really has been written about you. Some people just want theme songs about their life like that. Some people need it for, you know, uh, a product or a service that, you know, they want to hit somebody in the heart or it's funny or whatever it is. Because listen, the reason why this is so important, our message is not designed to create emotion, but music is. So when you could take your message plus the melody or music and combine them, mm, you know, me talking right now, you can feel it, but goddamn me, if I started playing the keys or started playing a guitar with, you you would get chills. You know, that's why when you're at church and that's why they hit them and so they can create that type of, you know, that, that, that message to create the emotion. So when I really, the psychology around that, I was like, mm, there's just something so powerful. And guess what? All those years that I thought I was supposed to be a superstar with bone and I thought I was supposed to be like the little Justin Bieber. Nah, I'm choosing to believe that's a big important thing. I'm choosing to believe that that was preparation to the true purpose and to the true promise, which is what I'm doing right now, which is like a banger, like kind of what you heard, which what I said was I had no one to teach me how to start a business. Now I just did it. I knew my why. Plus I had a vivid vision, had no formula, no process, no strategy, bro. I'm self-made. No one else's money's backing me. Look, it was trial and error, but I learned from my mistakes. I get these leads in my funnel, watch my system automate, know my closing rate. I know how many leads it's going to take to make what I want to make. So I'm out here every day prospecting. My weapon is my melody. Look, I don't pitch my product. I sell them me i used to thought i would get bigger the harder i grind man i was shooting from the hip with no target in mind i used to want to sell to all of them now i know my audience don't matter if you got the keys if you don't push to start the whip i know my demographic now i know my niche entrepreneur music get used to it about to grow this shit and look for real i'm joey yak and yak stands for you already know and if you don't know by the end of this episode you probably never will that's just a verse from one uh, called Rev Up My Revenue. I got a song like that. But most of the uh, songs that I'm doing, man, Entrepreneur Music, My Melody, Your Message, Bangers, it's for people because the moment that I stopped making music about me and started making it about other people, that's when I started making real money in my life. But the other question that you asked was, you know, getting through the gatekeeper of like the Billy Jeans, right? So 
doing something that stand like, and I know a lot of people don't have like a talent, like, you know, making music and stuff like that, but you do something that you're great at, or, you know, even sending stuff to people's office, like on, say you wanted a Billy Jean or you wanted to get someone's attention and you knew where to send something to their store. Like, are you willing to, to make that investment to get their attention every single time? Like you could send stuff to people. It might come off annoying. Like you just have to be creative. And me, what I do, I'm, I'm thank the Lord that what I do is different than a lot of people. And other artists are so focused about them being the superstar. And I'm focused on making others become their own superstar and help them get attention and make more money. Cause when they make more money, I make more money. It's just, you have to be creative, man. Like I, I literally made the song. Here's what I did. I hired my videographer. I said, hey man, I'm broke as shit. I got about $250. I'll give it to you. Come film me, perform this song. Then I went on YouTube to Billy Jean because he has such badass content. I went to uh, ytmp3.cc on YouTube. It's where you can steal YouTube footage. YouTube, don't sue me. You know, that shit is there. I grabbed the YouTube link. I put the link in that site. I download his footage. So it looks like we did it together, right? I post that shit on every comment. I put my notification on uh, C first for Billy Jean's page. Fucking, I would hit it. Boom, comment. Hey, I made you this custom theme song. You can have it for free. Boom, did that like four times. Team reached out to me like, yo, we heard the song. This shit's crazy. 15 minutes later, Billy Jean calls me. He's like, yo, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks. I said, no, keep that money. Just teach me how to make money. He was like, bet. Posted the song the next night. Shit. That was my first five, six thousand dollars that I started making. And I was selling them for only like 200 bucks, 300 bucks. I was like 300 for one, um, 600 for three. They're like, okay. I was like, oh shit, I got something. And I said, I'm about to double down on what just worked. And I, you know, I didn't overcomplicate it. Right. And I just did it and did it and did it. And then it led me to like, you know, I always, uh, edit my own videos, like doing music. I was horrible at it, but now it led me to, now I got, like 10 clients on retainers that I just edit video and do music for them on a, on a monthly basis. And then other people that are coming to me for, you know, big, more mini movie type situations. So man, it's crazy. You just got to be creative. You have to open up your mind and think what is somebody else that has what I have not doing to get in front of people like that, you know, and just being you because there's victory in being vulnerable also. Like you have to show up every single day being you, being who you are and owning who you are. People see that and people fuck with that. People like, people buy from people. Not, you know, you could just feel energy, man. Mm, absolutely. I think, and, and you just touched on that, be you. And one of the things that changed for me quite dramatically, I mentioned at the start of the episode, my wife and I, which inspired everything that I'm doing around the one shot at the moment. But I... Um, you know, that vulnerable, like for me, I, I hadn't cried in front of my wife before. I, If I had a challenge or adversity, I'd bottle it up inside. I'd deal with it myself like a stoic man. I, I refer to myself as like a tractor just plowing through pad, paddocks, just um, knocking over challenge after challenge after challenge. And now a sort of open right up, open book about, you know, that, that story and how that changed my life and, and all of that. So, you know, you're very open about your um, vulnerability side of the equation and do you see that as something that's helped you out in your journey? 
Oh man, huge. And like, so, you know, I, I salute you on sharing that story. So there's a story that I share and like, it has nothing to do with music or anything like that. So when I was, when I was about 20, 21, maybe I get a phone call and the phone call and basically this, this ties in on how you're saying like, you only got one shot. Like we're alive right now. Like, are you serious? We're not really going to take advantage of every fucking breath that we're taking. And there's other people that go through situations kind of like your son did. So I, and, and I didn't even catch this at first when this experience that I'm about to share happened, I get a phone call, may I speak to Joseph? No one calls me Joseph. They call me Joey or Yak or, you know, yeah, this is, who is this damn bill collector? But at the time I ain't had no bills. So, cause I didn't have no money. So I say, what, uh, who is this? They were like, uh, well, you know, it's the clinic. And I was like, okay can you verify these are the last four of your social security number? I said, man, who is this? Right. They're like, no, I'm serious. And you know, I said it and I was like, you know, my dad has the same name. And I already told you in the beginning of the episode, my dad was a crackhead. So I'm like, yo, you're, you're talking about my dad. No, no, no. You were born in 92. Yes. Okay. Well, somebody with HIV tested positive and said they, they've been interacting with you. I said, you said HIV or HPV? Because HPV ain't deathly. So I don't give a damn about that. I'll take a few bumps. You know, I don't give a shit. No, no, no. HIV. Fucking dropped the phone. <gasps> My mom's in the other room like, what? I told her. They're like, you need to come up here and get tested. I went up there. I mean, man, it was the most embarrassing thing in my life. I'm sitting there. I go in, they're like, how many guys have you slept with? And I, like, I ain't knocking nobody that's gay or, you know, like if that's what you do, that's what you do. But by any means, that's not me. I looked at him. I was like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Guys? What? Dude, they, they stuck a needle this big up, you know what, to test me. I'm like, oh shit. Like it just was an embarrassing situation. And me, I got around. Like I was, that was the way I found power sleeping around as a man like like I, I didn't know how to be a man so like I would just bar hop and sleep around I was the popular rapper right like everybody what's up I could have what I want you know I, I thought and that was the way that I I found power I, I now that I'm aware and a man and grown that's I could see that now but they told me that they would call me in seven days with my results and I was like seven like I'm supposed to just sit here seven days thinking I might have HIV you know Seven days comes around, they call, and I'm good. Test results come back negative. And even that moment, I didn't wake up. Like, I still was doing stupid shit. But, like, thinking about it now, where I am in my life, like, I literally just dodged a bullet from a sniper. Like, I, and they can't tell you who it was. You know, that's confidential. So, like, somebody out there you know, were they lying or did I just dodge it? Like, I wonder who it is. Somebody out there didn't dodge that bullet. And I don't know, man, it's, it's just one of those, that, that, that's something that hit me hard. And I know I'm sure a lot of people get scares like that of, you know, just little stuff, but um, it's something that really now opened my eyes and say, I could have this right now, or I could have got that and fuck. I wouldn't be where I am. So I need to own, and you never know, man. Like you just never know what the fuck can happen. My buddy uh, barely drank, left the work party. 
hit a car, kill two people, spent eight and a half years in prison. You know, like shit happens. So every, every day, every second, every moment counts, man. So I love what you're doing. One shot movement. I need a hat like that. And, uh, I definitely can make a fire ass song and I'm just going to do it for you for damn sure about one shot movement. Cause that's, it's real, man. It's real. And everything you're doing, I support it because hopefully, uh, you know, uh, as much as it sucks though, a lot of people need that traumatic experience to even let it really hit them one shot. Oh, in people's minds until they're like, yeah, boy, you almost got HIV or yeah, you know, some passed away or, you know, yeah, you just killed two people eight and a half years in prison. So hopefully people can just learn from experience, you know, and, and, and hopefully we can make them feel our souls so much that they can feel our pain because what we're doing is presenting our past, our pain, our passion, our purpose and packaging it up and giving it to our platform. So I honor you for that, man. That's awesome. Amazing. And I just, I picked up in your story too about you just mentioned purpose and happiness and what that means for you. So if you want to just define that. Man, my purpose, happiness, success, all that, not money. Like it's me being a loyal father or, 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 or a loyal husband and a loving father. That is what purpose and happiness is. Like the fact that I can do what I love for a living. I make money making music. My kids right now, I can hear them screaming downstairs, running around crazy, like, like, that's so dope. That's happiness. Like, I'm a dad. I'm a father. I'm a husband. And I'm present. Obviously, us as business owners, we all got work to do on that shit. There's times where I got to turn my thing off. I actually have, like, a little formula. So, sometimes when I can't turn off, you know, like, after this, I'm on fire. I'm going to go to with my family. I'm still going to be, like... Somebody send me a Zoom link. Let's do the damn thing, right? I'm on fire. Let's do it. But A plus I equals DR. So action plus intention equals desired results. So I say action. What am I doing? Sitting on the couch. Intention, because that's hard for me to just sit down. Intention. I'm present with my family. The desired result that I'm looking for is being a present father. So like that right there is like, okay, that creates my certainty. So Man, that's my happiness, though, is being a father and being a husband for sure. Mm, well said. And at the end of every episode, I always go through a series of questions. Um, I call it the rapid fire section, but really you don't have to have rapid fire answers. It's just um, more so around uh, the same questions I ask every single guest. What's a book or an audible or something, piece of content that everybody should uh, read or, or listen to if they want to get ahead in life? Relentless by Tim Grover, number one book. I love. I recommend it to everybody. Why? And right now, my the fire ass book that I'm reading is Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. Oh, it's where I'm at in life. It's like I'm always like, all right, how do I do this? How do I do this? And it's like wrong question. Who can do this for me? I'm only one person. I can't do everything. You know that book is like lighting me on fire right now. So, but Relentless. Whenever I'm in a funk, I'll grab that book and go back and get dark you know, tap into my darkness. We all got inner darkness. And when you can tap into that and like use it to advantage of like, huh, let's go. I love Relentless, man. And just knowing him personally, it's it, it makes it even better for me. What's the best bit of advice you've ever received? Mm, best piece of advice. Whoo, that's hard. Instantly, I just go to quotes, though, right? Like, I don't know as far as advice, but I instantly go to a quote that says, the day I figured out 
that I'll never have it figured out is when I figured it all out. So I know that my life is, is meant for expansion every single day. Like I, I, I'll never have it figured out. There's no finish line. It's a journey, but to love the process, to, to be proud of yourself, to congratulate yourself and then get back to the grind. Mm, well said. And what about on the flip side of the coin, the worst bit of advice or just something that you just totally disagree with that people say all the time? Hustle. Um, hustle. Uh, I can sleep when I die. Hell no. I love my eight hours, baby. Like I, so I was for like eight and a half years, I was addicted to Adderall, like not addicted where like I ate a whole bunch of them, but I was prescribed. I used to joke, like it's not an addiction if you have a prescription, but like I couldn't function without one pill a day. Right. And I didn't care about sleep. And the moment that I got off of them and like, I got back to like a, actually I read the book, like breaking the bad habit, uh, break, uh, breaking your mind. I don't know. It was, um, Joe Dispenza, I think it, uh, book breaking mind. Fuck. I forget what it is, but like, I literally was in my hot tub, listened to that book on in April of 2019, something clicked. And I was like, I don't take Adderall no more. And I haven't done it since it's like in same thing for alcohol. I don't know what it is, but I know I'm aware now when I get that thing, I'm like, Oh, I just unlocked some shit. It's I'm all in. Right. And I wish I could do that with pizza, but that ain't clicked yet. Cause I love me some pizza, but the whole, the whole, like, you know, I could sleep when I die. Like I'm good on that. I want my, I love my sleep. I love going to sleep nine 30, 10 o'clock, getting up at five 30 and going to the gym. That's me. What about uh, the next three to five years for you? What's your vision and plans around that part of your journey? Here's what's crazy is like, it's so hard for me to do that because, you know, I never thought I was going to, I always knew I would be somewhere like, but you never know. So I just need to know that remain open-minded, right? And, and don't start saying no to more stuff. But when you say yes, trust your intention, trust your, or trust your intuition. Um, and I know that within three to five years, I'm going to be double to triple where I am. I truly believe that like where I'm going with this is like, you know, I'm starting to attack bigger brands like Spanx and like uh, me being sober, like Bush beer, they have a Bush in a beer in a non-alcoholic. And like, I, I uh, made a song and I'm going to do a video next week. Like, it's like, uh, I walk into the party, like I'm the man. In my right hand, I got a bush in a can. I don't need no alcohol to make me dance. I just jam. Sober turning up with my fam. Oh, it's a vibe. And I want to make like, I want to be a face of sobriety. I want to make not drinking cool, right? So like my plan is like attacking these big ass brands. And and uh, if I do intros, it's like for Netflix and TV. And I just see Joey Yak being being who exactly who I am just on a scale of like, you want to book me it's 20, 30 K right. Or, or you want me on a video, it's 50 K it's like, I just see me going there. Um, I see me making movies. I see me being in movies. Like I see who I always have been, but I never had that foundation, the character family first. I never had that, but now I do. So I know in three to five years from now, I'm just going to be tripled where I'm at as far as financially, mentally, spiritually, all that. Mm, absolutely. And in regards to Spanx, how is that going uh, in the group? Fire. Jesse Itzler heard it. Jess, so I, I, so Jesse Itzler, he is, um, 
fuck Atlanta Hawks fucking uh did the uh the jet company coconut water but he started making theme music for nba uh nba teams the knicks so like when i heard his story i was like oh my god that's me right so i made a song about him he loved it he like he answered the dm uh made the song about Spanx. he listened to it showed his wife sarah blakely she freaked out loved it it's been about a month now since then and i reached out to him i said hey and here's the funny thing i did this to bradley too i said hey i'm gonna be in atlanta on friday can we have a meeting for about the Spanx? Had no intention to be in Atlanta. I did the same thing in uh, Bradley. Said, hey, I'll be in Vegas on Friday. Mind if I slide through? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was like, shit. Swiped the credit card, fucking got on a plane, slept in my car, like, just was like, yo, I'm here. What you doing here? Shit, I'm here for you. <laughs> you said, okay. I said, I took that as hell, yeah. And you got to take action like that, right? Like, you you look through the peephole, damn it, I'm kicking through the door. And Jesse... <laughs> We went through a whole big storm though, and like I had so many bookings that I couldn't get to Atlanta. And I, you know, I straight told him like, "Hey, can't make it out there." But I just bought. I just got it in the mail today while I was shooting the commercial. It came a pair of Spanx uh, boxers and a shirt. So I said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do the same thing I always do and just do it." And if they like it, awesome. If they don't, hey, it's still an asset that I have and at least I went for it and I'm not going to wake up or go to bed saying, man, I should have attacked Spanx harder or man, you know, so I just make sure I go all the way in until someone says, stop, get away from me. You know, don't don't talk to me. Until you say that, bro, I'm coming at your ass. You're going to have to hire me or fire me before I'm even hired, damn it. <laughs> well done. Um, and at the end of every episode, I'll ask every guest about the one shot. So people out there listening now, they may be hesitant about taking their one shot at life. What would you say to help inspire somebody to make the most of their one shot at life? I think that if you're not dead, you're not done. And every second, you know, you're in, you are truly in the middle of a breakthrough. Kind of what I said earlier, the moment I figured out, I'll never have it figured out is when I figured it all out. And, you know, you, you can be lost and then you can find yourself, but you know, you're not done. So you'll, you'll be a student forever. Know-it-alls know nothing at all when they don't remain a student forever. And just know that every single day is about expansion, right? Like, you know, um, start getting small wins and small is sexy. Everybody wants to do it big, but you need a foundation and you need to build your character. Uh, me, I always shot for the stars and I was always swinging for the fences and I would hit a couple home runs, but just because I'm hitting home runs doesn't mean I can maintain those home runs. So, you know, four base hits, just remember equals the same outcome as a home run. First base, second base, third base, home plate. Ah, well, you're going to get stronger and you're going to develop more when you take those small wins and um, bad company corrupts good character, man. Get around people that, you know, I always have my friends, like, like best friends that I've known that were in my wedding and stuff. But like the word family and friends hit a lot different for me now. Like if we're not talking about how I can better myself as a husband, as a father, you know, I'm probably not around you or as a business owner. So make sure your network is tight. Um, and don't be scared to go for it. You know, when you say one shot, you think like, all right, I try one time and that's it. But like, I've had multiple one shots in my life. I create my one shots every single day. So don't get it twisted that the word one, it's like one and done. Like, no, if you're alive every single day, that's your opportunity to take that one shot. And if you miss, 
cock it back, reload it, and empty that damn clip because that's the one shot if you wake up every single fucking day, man. Well done. All right. Where do people find you, Joey? They already know who you are, so... Yeah, Joey Yak, you already know, and if you don't, like I told you, you never will. I'm Instagram and Facebook. I don't have a Twitter. Um, I do, I think. I just never get on it, but I'm a personal dude, so like Joey Yak, last name's Peeper, P-I-E-P-E-R. You can hit me up like personally on Facebook or just uh, Instagram, joey.yak. Uh, but like I said, I'm a personal dude. I reply to everybody. I talk to everybody and I'm just a real one, man. It doesn't have to be about, I want to hire you or do business with you. Like if you're going through something painful, sobriety, I, you know, I've been clean from alcohol. I've smoked weed since then, but I've been clean from alcohol for four years. I make sure I always say that because someone would like, oh, you've been sober for four years. It's like, shut up. Alcohol. That was my demon. But if, if you're going through anything, man, like just know that you're in the middle of the breakthrough. And if you ever want to talk to anybody, I'm here. For sure. Mm. And from me, I want to thank you for jumping on. Uh, it's been an incredible episode. There's so much profound wisdom in there. I can certainly draw a lot of parallels from your story as well. It's truly inspiring, and I'm excited to watch your journey going right to the top. You're already at the top now, but you'll climb to an even higher peak along your journey. So thanks uh, for jumping on. Thank you so much for having me. And anybody watching this, remember, if you're not dead, you're not done, so go take that one shot. Wow, what an incredible episode with Joey Yak. What an inspiration, not only from his journey and his story, but just the lessons that he dropped in that episode. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure that you share this with your social media. Give us feedback. It's really important to be able to get incredible guests like Joey on the show. If you haven't got a copy of my book, you've got one shot. Head across to my website and get a copy of the book now. While you're over there, make sure you book in a Discover session to see how I can help unlock your opportunities to help amplify your life. As I always say at the end of every episode, you've got one shot at life. Go out there and give it your best shot. My name's Craig Schultz, and I'm the host of the One Shot Movement podcast.